Hey y'all, this is Landon popping in from uh, a late night walk with Tito out on the Gill family farm. Uh, due to Thanksgiving travel, we recorded this week's episode on Sunday. Uh, a couple of things have happened since then. So Brad Stuver, he had a long-term new contract announced on Monday. So we don't talk about that in the show. There's also some player rumors popping off on Twitter, including one about Jossie Zardes. So we'll definitely see what happens this week and get into more of that next week. But you're not going to hear any of that on this show. That being said, it's still a great one. Uh, we've got some special guests on, and it was a lot of fun. So we hope you all enjoy. See you soon. The presenting sponsor of Moon Tower Soccer is FVF Law. To find out what makes FVF a different kind of injury law firm, you can visit FVF.law. Hello friends, and thanks for listening to Moon Tower Soccer. This week we're going to cover some Austin FC news, share some things we're thankful for, and we're going to be joined by a few good friends of ours. My name is Landon Cottom, and I'm joined as always by Mr. Jeremiah Bentley. Hey everybody, I'm Jeremiah Bentley, and we are joined by people who are often in our feed, but off, but never in our recording. Steph and Mike, how are y'all doing? Introduce yourselves for the kids, for the fans at home. Uh, I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mike Craniola. And we're all about the boys. That's right. Uh, this is Swoon Tower Soccer, a podcast that's all about the boys. <laughs> Wait a second. Thank you so much for having us on. <laughs> we're so excited. Yeah, we're excited to have you guys. We were like, um, I don't know. I think we have like a bit more, a bit more space within shows in the off season to just like have a little bit of fun. And who better to have some fun with than you guys? Because Aww. y'all's show is like entirely about having fun for the most part. <laughs> we, don't, we try. We don't always yeah. get to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're excited about this one that like, even if we have to talk about anything negative, that y'all will make it more fun for Jeremiah and I. <laughs> oh, for sure. We got you. Um, can I ask a question before we get started? Just kicking it off. Sure. Taking their show yeah, over. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I just want to do this. Um, so... I saw on social media uh, recently a photograph that I would love to talk about. In this okay. photograph, I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, there was a man who we all know and love as our Moon Tower dad, and he happened to be with a group of three people. And one of those people was wearing fantastic golf pants. That person was Hector Jimenez. I want to hear about this. Jeremiah, will you please tell us about golfing with Hector? Yeah, I would love to. And luckily, Hector is a very bad golfer. I guess I will just start with that part, which maybe is the <laughs> least interesting part. Because I am That's too. That's surprising. I am too. Like he was, he was definitely like, you could tell that he was an athlete, right? And when he hit the ball correctly, it went a long way the way it was supposed to. But he's, he has other things to do, right? So yeah, the setup is... I last week played in the Greater Austin Hispanic Chamber of Commerce Foundation Golf Tournament, uh, and I had a team. And so I talk, called my friend AJ, and he's like, yeah, I'm in. And then I called Chris Quinn, who works for Austin FC, who knows everybody. Like, that's a man about town. And Chris is like, I'm in, and I'm going to find somebody to bring along. How about I ask Josh or Davey? And I was like, well, first of all, I think Josh is probably very serious and would like not be fun <laughs> to play golf with, right? Because I feel like he would just judge me the whole time for like being bad. So I was like, no, 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 like not find somebody else. <laughs> and he's like, he, then he, yeah, he calls me like three days before and he's like, yeah, Hector Jimenez wants to play golf with us. He's in. And so we got the chance to play. Like, he's a beautiful human being. Like, he was cool and laid back and fun. He's born and raised in LA, uh, loves Austin. Even though it was super cold, he was talking about how like he hated living in Columbus because of the weather. 
and was very mm-hmm. happy to be down, be down in Austin and enjoy the weather down here as a two-year-old son and a three-week-old mm-hmm. son. Um, so the fact that he was upright and like moving about, I think was, <laughs> was pretty impressive. And just, yeah, he was just a, just a really nice guy. Genuine, genuine human. It was, he was super fun to play with. We did not finish last, which I think was basically our goal out of this I'm tournament. I'm really proud you know, we of beat, you. We beat four or five other teams, which maybe says something the about them, not us. Who carried the team? Well, Chris is pretty good. And like I said, okay. when Hector connected, Hector was the, the best player on, you know, on the team for sure. Whenever he, <laughs> whenever the ball went the way that he wanted it to, but yeah, that was, that was super fun and not something you, you expect to get to do all the time, uh, was to, was to do that. But I was, you never know like what to, what to expect out of it. And then I have like a green and black golf bag and like Austin FC golf towel and oh, was geez. wearing like an Austin FC. And I was like, I'm sure Hector's like, Oh, this freaking guy, right? Really? <laughs> <laughs> So we tried to talk about kids and hobbies and stuff like that instead of just soccer all the time. The one thing I did learn news-wise is, y'all, I know y'all, y'all talked about last week vacations that everybody mm-hmm. was on. And I think they're, everybody's off for six weeks right now, which is why it's basically as long as the off-season is before they have to come back and start training again. But I think that's probably why you saw everybody off on vacation. That um, makes Going sense. wherever they could, while they could, because before too long, they'll be back at it because the season starts what, late February. Yeah, I was going to say, like, one of the questions that I have, uh, and I don't know if you got to get into this at all, but, like, do the players have, okay, it's the offseason, I have, a like, a thing that I have to do, right? Like, a, a double cheeseburger or a whole one large cheese pizza just for me or, you know, something like that, right? Did he? I don't, we didn't talk about that. <laughs> okay. we, didn't, we, didn't get, we didn't get into what he ate. Um, the other thing that was interesting is he's out of contract. Right, but he talked really? very much, yeah. But the way he talked, he talked like a guy that was going to be playing next season because there was a lot of we and a lot of us and a lot of it would be really cool if we played NYCFC for the first match at home and stuff like that. So he probably knows more about his contract situation than I do. So I, I mean, it would be good to have him back at whatever salary that that, that we could get him back for because he's like a good dude and like a glue factor for the team. But that, I guess that was the other maybe newsy thing that I learned. <laughs> yeah. Did you ask That's... him what he carries in his toiletry bag? Ooh. <laughs> No, no. Did, ah! did he have a toiletry bag? <laughs> he didn't. Have yeah, a toiletry did he bring bag his little bag with him? No, he didn't. But he had, he had very nice golf clubs and a nice golf bag. So I'm sure whatever he carries in that bag is like high end quality product. But Tease, what? Yeah, we, yeah. We yeah. Think quality of, what? Tees and balls. Clearly, that's what we learned. <laughs> <laughs> we, we think of like Hector Jimenez. He's like on the lower earning end of mm-hmm. the Austin FC roster. But like, if you think of like what he makes in normal people terms, like he makes more money than any of us do, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> for sure. So his yeah. golf clubs. Yeah, it makes sense that they're nice. Uh, but no, it's great to hear that that he might be back this coming season, just because. I think, like you said, like he didn't play a lot towards the end of the year, was injured a little bit. But just like the culture setting guys, uh, it's it's good to have those there. Also, I was kind of doing some research, and it looks like since his days in Columbus, he's had his B-level coaching license. And so Yo. I could see this kind of being his path forward. It's It's not uncommon for guys' first coaching jobs to be with coaches that they've played for or like they played with. And so he's been he's worked with Josh for quite a while at this point. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Hector comes back for another year or so and then steps into a coaching position with uh, on Josh's team, whether it's here or somewhere else. But um, it seems like a pretty logical way forward for a guy if he is interested in coaching. Yeah. Is it is it weird that I just assumed he was staying because he didn't post the thank you so much, uh, you know, social media post that everyone who leaves does? 
Well, I think some of them might not know yet. Yeah. So like, oh, like there's going to be negotiating and like, we'll talk about this. Yeah, but like, we'll get there. I was going to say, this is how I'm holding on to hope that we're going to have Felipe still. So yeah. So like, they're probably looking for replacements for some of these guys. And if they can find the replacement, then like best of luck to you. And if they can't, then maybe they get offered a new contract. So um, I, I would, I was kind of imagining Hector was going to be in that position. Um, hopefully it's not the case. Hopefully you can come back in for, for a number that works for him and, and the team, but we'll see. Yeah. I want to ask y'all about something. This is another thing y'all talked about on the show, uh, on y'all show last, I guess last week now, uh, how was the live show at hop squad and did or not make Steph cry? Is that, is that what I heard when I was oh, listening to it? <laughs> oh, I mean, I, like I cried a little bit. The children are a future thing. That's just a normal, I, I, that's a normal every day. I cry every day about a lot of different things. <laughs> Uh, but kids and sports, that's number one. Uh, I, I was alarmed. I will say we had a great night. I, I was alarmed, uh, at the, the, the aggression towards my boys, Julio and Ruben. Uh, I am not typically around, uh, objective journalists. <laughs> And so to hear one by one, some of these panelists say that who is the weakest on our team, Julio Cascante, or who do they need to find a replacement for, I think was the question, uh, hurt my heart a little bit. Yeah. She was pretty upset. Uh, it, took a, it, took a, it took a while uh, to come back from that. But otherwise, the night was really fun. Yeah. Uh, we had a great time celebrating Phil West's birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Phil belated yeah I, en I enjoyed it it was a lot of fun and it was uh got to meet katie goodman that covered Aus covers austin fc in san antonio and sonny guadarama who I'd, I'd never actually met in person so it was fun to get to know them a little bit and, and sit on the panel with them and then uh to talk to some of the folks that came out to to see the panel as well yeah i thought sonny was the second most enjoyable panelist uh, behind Landon, of course, right? Uh, we're on a <laughs> show. We have to say that, right? Uh, Being completely objective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I thought Sonny's points were really interesting and cool from his his perspective is so uh, valuable right now, like where we're at in soccer as a as a country and like developmentally and him coming up through through the college system and everything was really, really interesting to hear about. And then his views on like where sports media can kind of go and some of the things that are limiting it, right? The, the quote that sticks in my mind around that is when you're employed by the league, you get to say what the league wants to let you say. Uh, and I just thought like, it, that's not the direct quote, right? That's a paraphrase, but it, I thought it was a really interesting point that like, you know, uh, independent journalists are kind of where you can be a little bit more pressing for things or whatever, right? Yeah, and Sonny, as a guy who played in Mexico for many years, got to see the other side of that where like, <laughs> sports journalists in Mexico are pretty pretty brutal and will go after people. And to see what it's like on this side of the border, it's, it looks a little bit different. And so it was, it, it was interesting to hear his his take on all of that. Well, do we want to get into some actual news news now? Let's do it, Jeremiah. All right. It's exciting. I, you know, we had, do you want to start with player news? Let's start with player news. 
I'd written like uh, Apple. Let, do do the other bit first. We can go through okay. it real quick. Okay, I'd written I'd written the Apple TV deal in the uh, in the in the in the outline at first, and then I was like, you know, player stuff is probably more interesting. But I feel like there was a. That's I mean, you get them to your... listen, Jeremiah. That's yeah. the sauce, right? <laughs> yeah. Player news Sorry. is coming. Stay tuned through this. this brand new, yeah. What, after this commercial break. Oh wait, no, actually, after <laughs> the next commercial break. Um, but I did see. A t- I made the mistake of going to Reddit and uh, saw a ton of commentary on this Apple TV deal on Reddit. So. Apple and MLS officially announced the pricing for the MLS season pass on Apple TV. It will be $14.99 a month per season or $14.99 a month during the season or $99 a year. Or if you're on Apple TV Plus, you can get it for $12.99 a month or $79 a year. Um, a subscription will be included. I believe this is for every single uh, membership. There is a free Apple TV the subscription to the package included, not necessarily every seat. So, like, if you're like me and you share with your family, you're probably good. If you share with your friends, you, probably, you may need to find something else out. I mean, what did y'all think about the pricing on this deal? It seemed pretty fair to me. I'm, I'm going to pay for the year and $79 for a season or $99 for a season because I'm not an Apple TV Plus subscriber. Seems like a pretty reasonable price. I, I was honestly a little bit surprised by how many people were upset by it. Um I know like all four of us are like way into this team and probably would have paid whatever they asked us to. But like and I th- I think there's probably a lot of people who are just watching it over the air, right? Like you you have an antenna, you can watch most of the games and catch Adrian and Mike calling the games this last season. So um but like compared to what you pay for like like what do you pay to watch Tottenham, Mike? Like how much do you pay to watch uh, Liverpool, Jeremiah? <laughs> like, yeah, I was going to say. This seems like a way better deal. Well, it's $50 <laughs> a year for Peacock, right? Um, and so it's half as much for not all the games. Uh, I was going the like MLB TV route, which is about the same price for a year's worth of baseball. Um, and so like MLB TV, I think, is like a hundred dollars a year or whatever um so if you're a baseball fan like sure you get 162 games from every team but like the point is that like a hundred dollars seems like the price point to get into a league and so i i thought the same thing yeah you get on top of the matches you get all mls leagues cup matches as well as hundreds of mls next pro and mls next games like if you're a soccer if you're an mls nerd you there's gonna be no better deal in the world we will probably need to sound more educated on MLS Next players next year, knowing if like there's availability to broadcast. But uh, it's it seems like a ton of content for not a ton of money, and I think this season ticket holder deal is a really nice uh, part of it, like a real treat. Yeah, and I think there's going to be quite a few um, games that are free. Like all you essentially have to do is have the Apple TV app and you'll be able to watch a lot of games throughout the season. It might not always be the Austin FC game or the team that you want to watch, but there will be games available for free for people to watch. And so I think that's another part of it that makes this price point a little bit better or for folks who don't want to pay it. But I I do see like for casual fans who might tune in to a handful of games a year, like folks in Austin who are mildly interested in Austin FC, they're probably going to watch fewer games because of, the way this deal is set up, but I think that's just part of it. Like I think in the short term, this is probably not great for growing MLS, but in the five to 10 year long term, I think this deal is going to be really beneficial. And like, this doesn't include the linear rights either, right? Like this is just the streaming 
stuff. And so there's still an opportunity for those over, maybe not over the air, but like traditional broadcast methods. Right. To... And and folks in the know expect for those things to be announced at some point as well. So you can still watch kind of a random MLS game on, on uh, ESPN or Fox or something like that. Like those are probably going to exist as well. Uh, I did have a question that Jeremiah just brought something up. When is the youth-focused Moon Tower spinoff show coming? Teen Tower or uh, Youth Tower? I don't know. What are, what are y'all calling it, and when is it happening? Teen Tower Titans Go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, we're in. <laughs> this, is, this is a great question, Mike, because I was thinking about this the other day. There's going to be twice as much soccer to cover next year at the professional level. Like, so we talk about youth stuff a little bit now, but we're going to have the MLS Next Pro team starting next year. Um, we'll have the academy, like, as f- fleshed out as it's ever been. And so there's going to be a lot of stuff to cover. So we'll kind of have to be, I don't know, we'll have to think and talk about how we, how much of that we want to try to focus on or if we want to stick to the first team. But um, we are planning. teens to do Ooh, the coverage. Teens yeah, some to do like the high show. school teens kids, to talk like, about the teens. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jackson wants to come back on the show, but I think it's mostly to swear, and so I don't know if that's really good. <laughs> did, did you tell him that Landon doesn't allow that? Yeah, but he doesn't really seem to care. He's yeah, like, Landon <laughs> made no, he, me bleep out the word "sucks." He he knows Landon will bleep it, so as long as he gets to say what he wants to say, he's fine. <laughs> Uh, we do hope to have a uh, like an academy focused episode coming up where we can talk about some of the um, some of the prospects that we have in the academy right now. So I'm excited to get to that one. But yeah, going forward, we we will have to think about how much we're going to cover these these lower levels. So you know, we'll see. Swoon Tower started as a special episode. I'm just That's saying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, now let's get on to the juicy stuff. So. Austin FC announced that they selected uh, Sofian Jeffall with the first pick in the 2022 MLS re-entry draft. I think in a couple of episodes ago, we talked about the re-entry draft as something that we shouldn't really pay attention to. Probably <laughs> nothing's going to happen. Uh, and then Austin goes and picks probably the most prominent player in the, in the re-entry draft this year. Yeah, I think two week two weeks in a row. We I, I talked about the one the episode with Kevin and the one that you were on. Like, don't expect any player acquisitions until the end of December or in January, because that's what happened last year, and we definitely we did not do that. My favorite part of this, and I believe if I get this right, so we acquired the pick via trade with D.C. United. D.C. United got 50000 in GAM, 26 pick in the re-entry draft, and then we picked a player from D.C. United. Is that correct? I think. <laughs> yeah, that's very MLS. So do you, do you think, think they, they knew? told them? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you think it knew up front? Like, I feel like they would have bargained for a little more. I mean, 50000 a gam is not a lot. So I feel like they might, they might have if they had known. So I don't know, but I thought that was the wildest part of that as opposed to just trading for the players. You trade, you just make an MLS trade, and then you end up with a guy anyhow. Yeah, this is one of those where like, I don't really understand why it was beneficial to do it this way, but um, I don't know. There's some backroom reason that this is the way that it ended up being done. But uh, yeah, to, to get into the details of the player... Jeff Hall is a 23-year-old French native. He grew up in Nantes and actually played for the academy system of Nantes um, and then ended up going to college in 
Oregon at Oregon State. And I was I was really curious about how that happened. With guys at this level of playing, there's like their Wikipedia page doesn't have that much info. There's not like bios on them of them online. And so I found this interview, just like kind of a random like general knowledge interview podcast. And I think you, Mike and Steph, you guys found the same one and started watching it. But I got more information out of that than I could find anywhere else online. But uh, apparently he was playing for still in the not system. And there was like a big college showcase happening in Paris for uh, like pro players who might be interested in going and playing in the college system in the U S to come and do like a tryout. And that's, that was how he ended up in the U S he kind of went just on a whim. He said, and didn't really know anything about the U S college system, but I think he was probably one of those guys who like was getting to around 18 and was seeing that he wasn't really going to be an option for the non first team. And so started looking into like other options. And his friend told him about this college showcase. I was like, yeah, I'll go try it out. And then ended up getting in contact with the Oregon state folks and, ended up there and was like, I'll go try it for a little bit. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to like it or not, but he went and tried it and ended up being really, really good his freshman year and was a starter his freshman year and ended up playing four years there, getting selected by DC United in the draft last year and then had 28 appearances and I think 19 starts this last season for DC United. So pretty good for a first year like a first year guy out of college stepping into a team. A, a bad DC United team for <laughs> for what that's worth, but uh, still pretty good experience for a guy with, with at his age and at his level coming out of college. Yeah, he's fourth on the club in minutes, which I thought was, right, one, two, three, four, fourth and only one minute off being third on the club in minutes. So if you, wow, it seems like a pretty uh, solid pick in terms of potential there. And he speaks French, so Musa Chite will have uh, somebody else he could talk to on the team in his, own, in his own native language, at least. I'm sure he communicates with everybody else, but that's also a positive upside too. Yeah, yeah that so all feels I, worth 50K in game. so in i was i was looking at like his just kind of like standard uh like mugshot thing that you see in all of the like transfer marks like the really serious player photo and i was like i was like i wonder what the what swoon tower folks are going to talk about this kid and then i went and saw some other pictures and like some videos and i was like oh i severely underestimated this yeah (laughs) i mean that's like one of the biggest complaints i have with sports in general, is that when you have these professional pictures, they always look so angry. It was why I had such a hard time with the smile bracket last year, because everyone is like trying to be so serious. And wouldn't it be nice if instead MLS just went to their Instagram page and pulled like a really happy looking picture and used <laughs> that for all of the the promotion or, or, or announcements or anything, because this kid has an incredible smile. I mean, top level bracket smile and energy. 10 out of 10, no notes. <laughs> I will say he's also very charming. Like yes. he's got a lot of a lot of like uh, like charisma to him. Yeah, he seems very personable. That's what I was going to say is I watching that same interview as you did, Landon, like he is by far the best part of that interview, right? Uh, he's just so charming and so like effusive and fun and interesting seeming. And so I'm really excited to have him here. So Mike, we were sharing some, uh, I shared a video with you guys on Twitter and you responded saying something about like him being able to just like step into one of the little crews on the team. Yeah. Uh, 
so there was a video where he he's just being charming and funny. And I said that he's absolutely going to hop in with that, like Danny Pereira, Damian Loss, Jean Kolmanich crew. Uh, I, I even tweeted uh, in your response in response to you that Austin's in trouble when he goes out on the town with those three boys. Right. And then Damian oh, yeah. and Danny liked it. <laughs> so like <laughs> they're in. Uh, look out, dirty. They're six. already in each other's <laughs> right? Snapchat DMs or however kids talk to each other. Yeah, whatever the youth are doing these days, that's what they're doing. You know, they're making plans. You can tell. I do yeah. think he, he's definitely going to slot right into that crew, though. Yeah, I do think going from Nant to Oregon was like the perfect move, though. Right? Like, here's a here's a city on the west coast that's a little bit chill. Uh, kind of rainy. Uh, there's a river that runs through it. Like there's so much similarity. Uh, and then from DC to here, it might be the biggest change of his career. Like <laughs> vibes wise of the city, right? So it'll be interesting to see where he yeah. goes. I think he's gonna. So like he'll have uh, Jean as his like European buddy. Who yeah, knows yeah. how weird it is to live in the U S after growing up in Europe, he'll have Danny as his like college buddy to know what it's like to come from a foreign country and go play in college. And then I don't know what Damien's deal is, but th th those other two guys seem to like him. So, <laughs> I mean, Damien, Damien played in, you know, a top five league, right? He played with Fulham. Uh, and Fulham so too, there's, but there's that. Well, sure. <laughs> I mean, he was Sophie. I was Fulham. Yeah, Sofian wasn't first uh, first team non either, so yeah, you know, yeah. So okay, so on the field, let's talk about what Jeff Hall looks like on the field. So I, I watched uh, like most of two games and then got on Y Scout and watched some some footage of him as well. He's uh, for DC played a lot of holding midfield, so it'd usually be him next to uh, another defensive midfielder. And oftentimes he would be like the the guy who would sit back a little bit more, but he is kind of classy on the ball as well. So uh, I think he defensively, his positional awareness is pretty good and then pretty classy on the ball as well. And so I don't know that this is a guy who's going to be like fighting for starting a starting spot, but as far as going into a season where we have, CONCACAF Champions League, we have U.S. Open Cup, we have the MLS season, we have Leagues Cup with Liga Mekis coming up in the summer. There's going to be a lot of games in this calendar year. We're going to need a lot of legs ready to play minutes. I think this is a guy who you're fine throwing into a game because he's already done it, right? He started 19 games for D.C. You know he can play, and at least, like, we talk about minute eaters on the show a lot. Like at the very <laughs> least, I think this guy's a decent minute eater, if not being like actually an okay player on the team. So um, I think one question this does bring up is what happens to Felipe? I, looking at the way this guy plays, the the minutes that would be available to a player like this, I, I see him stepping in. Like if he's going to be subbed onto the field, he's going to sub on for Alex Ring, most likely. Like that seems like the spot where where Jeff Hall would, would come on to. That's where Felipe came onto the field most of the time. Felipe being out of contract, I I think this might mean that Felipe is not coming back this year. I have to agree with that, too. I, I think, because you look at, so you've got 
Valencia, Danny, Ring, Owen Wolf probably realistically Owen right Wolf, in the central yeah. midfield, really. And then now Jafal. Like there's just not a lot of extra time left. So Felipe's a lovely, wonderful, amazing person who probably has seen the end of his time in Austin. Maybe maybe he'll find somebody to bring him in on something more than a veteran minimum next year too. How's that make you feel, Swoon Tower folks? Uh, it makes me feel sad in my heart. And um, I think that this is something that I'm not good with change. I don't like change. I would just like everything to stay good um, and the same forever. Uh, <laughs> so I this is a good lesson. This is a real like uh, teach him how to say goodbye moment. And I think being excited about this kid coming in is a great way to temper some of that sadness because there's something so special that Felipe brought to this team in vibes that I think is going to be very different with Jafal, but also vibes. <laughs> <laughs> like just same same amount of vibes, just very different vibes of vibes. How's yeah. that for uh, yeah, technical? I think I nailed it. Looking at it from like a soccer perspective and a business perspective, Felipe's 32, mm -hmm. maybe put, I'm not sure when his birthday is, but in soccer player years, he's getting up there. Um, and so if you're, if you're able to bring in a guy that can do kind of the same thing, but is mm -hmm. maybe cheaper and younger and has more upside, like from Claudio's perspective, this is, yeah. this is really good business, but like, yeah, from the sentimental side of it, Felipe was a big part of the team culture this year and it would be sad for him not to be here again. Yeah. I was hopeful at first because everything I'd read about mm -hmm. Jafal is that he like plays a more defensively responsible role. So I figured he would be sliding in for, uh, maybe Danny or, uh, if Valencia needs to come out or whoever's starting in that sixth position, right? hoping that there was still a way to keep Felipe on the team, thinking, oh, if I'm going to rotate all three of my midfielders, right, uh, Drew C., who will absolutely be back, uh, is never going anywhere. Uh, everyone shut up. Uh, and, you know, uh, Alex Ring are also going to need a day off sometimes. And, like, you can't really do full rotation of that midfield squad right now without Felipe. And so I was kind of hopeful. Uh, but you're making it sound like he is a direct uh direct replacement and that makes my heart I mean sad. he's he's not so diff I think like as far as um like his style of ball progression it's not super different from what Danny does and so maybe he is an option at the 6 and um and if they want another option at the 8 still maybe Felipe sticks around like I've been if that happened there would be other moves that have happened on this roster that I have been more surprised by. And so like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Felipe comes back, but, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think it depends on kind of what I was saying earlier in the show. Like they're probably looking for other replacements at different spots. They're looking at guys trying to figure out if they come in, what roster spot are they going to take? Where are they going to slot in within our budget restrictions, all that. And I think a lot of that's going to decide, like maybe we get to to the end of of off season and there is one spot like a Felipe sized hole still in the roster and he comes back in but just like an all our small one yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do is one this when thinking... you tell us that Felipe has his coaching license and we don't have to worry <laughs> because he can help I dad. do not know if he does or not 
So oh, no. I can't, I can't. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I was going to add one thing on like Steph's point. Cause like I wanted to fall in love with this team and then to, them to never change. Right. Cause like <laughs> yeah. it's just the guy, these are yeah. the guys, and there are guys and they had a good year. But I remember when Austin signed Ethan Finley, I think that that left Minnesota United, who started in 2017 with one player on the original seven, 2017 roster after like four years. Wow. So there's going to be a lot of change and we're just going to have to get comfortable with it. And I don't know if I'm happy about it or not, especially since we were good this year. Um, But there's more to come. Yeah. It's going to be mostly additive change though, at this point, right? Like I think most of the, the outgoing players are, are gone. Guys that you hate who suck. No, I'm just saying like, (laughs) it's all happened now. Like the bandaid has been pulled off. Are we going back to Ethan Finley? <laughs> I love Ethan Finley. I'm an Ethan Finley fan now. Now, Ethan Finley. When were you not? Yeah. Were you not before? Yeah, when he didn't wish me a happy birthday, even though we have the same one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too late, Ethan. That's all she wants for Christmas. <laughs> Is you to wish her a happy birthday? I thought right, it was a good point to move on. Yeah, that's like yeah. <laughs> we, we have another singing. another potential player. Addition uh, in Alfonso Ocampo Chavez. So, Jeremiah, you want to walk through the specifics of this one? Again, because this is a very MLS deal, I would love to. Alfonso Ocampo Chavez, forward, gives Austin FC the ability to extend a contract offer to Ocampo Chavez in the event that the club and Ocampo Chavez do not agree to terms to a contract. Austin FC retains the right of first refusal on the player. So, he was selected in the, was it the waiver? Yeah, end of season waivers list. So, he's. Not necessarily going to be an Austin FC player, but odds are that he probably will be an Austin FC player. Selected from, uh, signed for what he was Seattle Sounders FC before, played with the Tacoma Defiance in the MLS Next Pro um, League 2021. He was on loan at, from Seattle with FC Pingsau. Is that the team that Dave Herman owns? By the yeah, way, yeah, it's like the fan owned okay. club where Dave Herman has been part of the the movement to like recruit fan owners. Kind of, it seems like. Yeah, so he signed a guy that who's played for Dave Herman. That, so that's probably <laughs> got, got a lot of talent. But early on, as a youth international, he was like a big deal and played uh, for the U.S. in the U fourteen, U fifteen, U seventeen levels. Played in the U seventeen World Cup in twenty nineteen. So I feel like he early on in his career was identified as somebody with a ton of potential. It was one of the leading talents uh, in the country, and that hasn't necessarily. Uh, come to pass as he's moved on to become a professional. Yeah, so Seattle had kind of this this little group of these youth guys coming up. I mean, Austin got to see several of them. Was he last one of them? season? I don't think did he play in that game. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't remember his he's, name. He's a striker. I know a dinner on who ended up playing for San Antonio started that game. So I don't think Ocampo Chavez played against us in that game. I could be wrong, but. There, some of the guys who like Ocampo Chavez was playing in the youth system with, this was one of the names that you would hear. Like these young Seattle kids, like they're the, they're going to be the next thing. Like they're all going to be really good. And from reports out of Seattle, I was reading some of Jeremiah Oshan's stories on Ocampo Chavez. And what he was saying is that it seems like COVID kind of marked a change in this, this kid's career and that he was really good, really promising COVID hit and was just kind of like something happened, kind of like delayed his his progression, his his development, and that he was not really the same player when he came back. And so um, this one, yeah, like, like Jeremiah was saying, we don't know if he's actually going to get a contract. 
I would not be surprised if this guy ends up signing a next pro contract, and maybe that's what Austin want him for. Maybe he doesn't want that. I could see him saying like, I like I've played some MLS minutes, not a lot, but I've played a little bit in MLS. I would like to get a first team contract if it's available. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up signing or maybe just playing more for the next pro. One question here, Jeremiah, maybe you know the answer to this. He was a homegrown signing for Seattle. Would he be able to be a homegrown signing for us? Does that transfer in this case? I believe it does because he's because of his age, because he's still young enough to be a homegrown player, right? I think you could be homegrown until you're 23, from, from anywhere, 25. Of it. Yeah. I think I, he would, because I remember some discussion even when Nick Lima came over about like he was over the age where he could have been a homegrown, but had he been under since he was a homegrown in San Jose, he would still qualify as a homegrown in, in Austin. So, I so if, if that's, that's the right. case, it, maybe they could give him an MLS homegrown contract, and then because you can have unlimited of those, I think, and then he could still play in Next Pro, but then play up if he was needed or if they wanted to give him minutes for the first team. I don't. I'm not going to pretend to know all these rules, but I was going to say, did uh, we I sign someone or someone recently signed someone this year and traded their homegrown rights with that player to they the team that received you. it? Yeah. I don't like hand. But like it was specially was called out. And so I don't know. I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I had another any question case, about this move because it's so weird. Um, what is the right, a first refusal for a player if if so it said like if we don't come to terms on a contract we still get right of first refusal what so this means this this has to do with mls free agency rules and so true free agency is only available to players over the age of 24 who have played in the league for five years those players, if they're out of contract, your this means like Hector Jimenez is an example. He can truly just go to any team he wants at this point if he does not resign with Austin. Um, players who do not meet those thresholds, that team still owns their MLS rights and therefore would have to like trade their rights or go through reentry processes or waiver processes to sign for another team. And so that's it. All it means is Austin now owns the right to sign Ocampo Chavez, uh, but may not necessarily sign him and may trade that <laughs> right to somebody else at some point. Of course, I should have known. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, I think it's also <laughs> worth pointing out that uh, Alfonso Ocampo Chavez was affectionately called AOC in mm-hmm. Seattle, which I think we should adopt here mm-hmm. because it's a long name it. and it's hard to say many times in one sentence. <laughs> And, and we're an AOC-friendly city, too, so I think it would, it would go over well. <laughs> uh, all right, anything else on AOC before we move on? Pass. I like it. Pass. I'll take the, I'll take the physical challenge. <laughs> uh, all right, we have CONCACAF Champions League dates and locations announced. It seems like this is actually going to happen. I was not sure that we were actually going to play a first round of CCL, but it looks like it's going to happen now. It does. So we will play against a team from Haiti in Santiago in the Dominican Republic on Tuesday, March 7, 2023. Kickoff at 5 Central. The second leg will be at Q2 on March 14th and kickoff at 7. If you're a season ticket member, you get a ticket automatically to the second leg match at Q2. Um, 
what do we think about Santiago? I was my plan at one point. I don't think it works because like they're not playing in uh, where what, what's what's the beach town in the DR? Oh, I don't know. I was gonna like tell my wife we were going to like a you know a beach resort <laughs> and then be like, oh, there's a soccer game here. Oh my gosh, well, we might you know since, <laughs> since we're in town, we might as well go. But I don't. I don't. Santiago's like 160 miles from the beach or something apparently, so I don't think I can pull that one off. So I, I will not be attending. But it's good to know it's going to happen. I think. Steph, Mike, are y'all thinking about going to Dominican Republic? I am absolutely going. Uh, I don't know, Steph. I don't know. What's your? What are your thoughts? This um, is so fun to see in real time right now. By the way, for those, for yeah. those of us watching it on video and looking at Mike, looking at Steph. Yes, I mean, so for me, I just started a new job. The one day of the week that I have to be in person is Tuesday, and we just come back from our honeymoon, which is like two weeks, uh, like two weeks before that. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to make the trip work uh, since the match is on a Tuesday. If it were on a Thursday, like it might be doable, uh, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it work. I'll be there. Listeners, come hang out with me because apparently I'll be alone. What about you, Landon? I know. I think th- I think there's going to be a gang, uh, like a, a group going. So, but are uh, you going? It should be a fun little trip. I'm probably not going to go. I you're going to miss uh, the for, team for similar first, reasons. The team's first CCL match. You're going to miss that. You're going to. You're yeah. A hundred years from now, you're not going to be able to tell your virtual oh great grandkids. <laughs> you know, I was here. Like with a hologram screen and stuff coming out of their hands. Wow. And they're going to be like, what the hell is CCL? <laughs> wow. Um, I'm, I think, yeah, I think for similar reasons, work and, and life stuff, I probably can't go to the Dominican Republic on a Tuesday. <laughs> uh, but I do, like, I think I might keep my, keep my powder dry and uh, save my work capital my like vacation capital available for hopefully the second leg, which potentially be in Leon, Mexico, which is a thing that I would very much like to do. So maybe the second round. Yeah, I plan on just getting two jobs. Uh, that way I can use the vacation from one to you know cover the second. And then when I get fired from the first, I'll still have that second one. <laughs> can you, Big can brain you pass place. your vacation days back and forth between the two? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do let's do one more bit of news before we take a break uh, and cover some Thanksgiving stuff and nonsense and whatever else we're gonna do. Irvin Torres, USU sixteen call up, which is his, I think fourth US call up, and also he's had one Mexican call up. And this is actually like a real tournament, right? It's the yeah. U sixteen Football Federations Cup taking place in Spain. I think uh, if I remember, I was looking at the schedule. I think the US matches are this week. Maybe like the 24th and 26th or 23rd and 25th or something is what it looked at. And I know, Landon, you tweeted about this, about the, I guess, how excited we should be about having players who are getting call-ups, getting call-ups for two national teams. you want to say that out loud on a yeah, podcast? I, I think there was, for a long time in the U.S. national team setup, there was almost like this... Um, it was like transactional. Like I think Julian Green is one of the more more prominent examples of this, but this was never made public, but kind of the understood situation was that Jurgen Klinsmann told Julian Green, who grew up in Germany but has American parents, 
that if you decide to represent the U.S. instead of Germany, I'll take you to the World Cup. And he went to the World Cup. Landon Donovan did not go to the World Cup. Julian Green, I think, is now playing in the German second division. He's doing pretty good, but he's not like this this program-saving guy that we all thought he was going to be. The way that Greg Berhalter has come in and changed this, I think there's lots to to be critical of Berhalter of, but I really like what he's done with the culture of this team and, and just kind of being a program leader. With these dual nationals, he's said like, yeah, come in, see our system. Just like, and, and like creating a culture that these kids want to be a part of instead of like bribing them to do it essentially. And so with, with Irvin, like I'm, I'm really glad he's going to get to see both, like go play with the U S see what that's like, go play with Mexico, see what the, what that's like in the end. If, if his heart is playing with Mexico, if that's where his heart is, then that's where it's going to be the best thing for him. And then the U S doesn't have a player who is like second guessing that or questioning if he made the right decision. If he plays for the U S he's all in on that. If he plays for Mexico, he's all in on that. But either way you know you're getting the best outcome for the kid and so I think either way it's it's a great uh great representation for Austin FC's academy if he does continue up and there's no guarantee of this chances are he won't play for the first team of either of these countries because that's kind of how youth soccer works but there is a chance that he's getting these call-ups if one of these first team calls then it's going to look good for Austin FC and the Austin FC academy system yeah, and if you're Ricardo Pepe, you definitely didn't get a guaranteed deal on, yeah. <laughs> on picking the national team. By the way, for an example of the different approaches, it's very relevant and real in today's world. Yeah. To to be fair, none of the uh, the Mexican-Americans that chose for Mexico, none of those kids are going to the World Cup either. Also, to be fair, Julian Green scored that sick goal. So <laughs> He did. You know. The one. <laughs> good, good point, Mike. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. We have uh, even more Austin FC news. I didn't realize how much news we had to cover, but some MLS Players Association voting. Austin shows up a lot in that, so we'll talk about that, and then we'll have uh, a little Thanksgiving segment as well. So hang tight. We'll be right back with more Moon Tower Soccer. Once again, Moon Tower Soccer is brought to you by our friends at Sage Wilson Property Group. If you are someone you know or in need of Sage real estate advice in Austin, you should talk to our friends at Sage Wilson Property Group. You can find them at sagewilson.com. And as always, Moon Tower Soccer is brought to you by our friends at FVF Law, the official injury lawyers of Austin FC. FVF is a different kind of personal injury law firm dedicated to community, transparency, and client education. You can go to FVF.law to find out what makes FVF a different kind of injury law firm and why understanding your legal options can dramatically change the outcome of a case. Once again, that's FVF.law. All right, we are back. Uh, this week, I guess this last week, MLS Players Association did a little survey and asked players a variety of questions. And maybe unsurprisingly in some of the categories and su- Surprisingly, in some of the other categories, Austin FC came out number one or number two in a lot of these. Uh, Jeremiah, do you want to run us through the list of of the Austin FC notes here, and then we can kind of go into the ones we thought were most prominent or most interesting? Sure, let's let's do it. And I I did not pay attention to how everybody else turned out, but I feel like the 
like seven, I think that end up Austin ended up on first or second. It seems like a lot overall. Mm-hmm. Like I think we got a lot of credit. Um, so if first, you look at the Players Association website, the like the banner photo is of Austin FC, and so I think they thought the same thing. <laughs> okay, so Q2 Stadium ranked first in response to the question posted to players. What is your favorite MLS stadium to play in, and which MLS stadium has the best pitch? Do we have any commentary on that one? Uh, congratulations, Weston Applefeller, for having the the best pitch in the league. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And and one that we're going to get to play on. Not. Do you know we're not playing tomorrow, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, Moon Tower got invited to play in the Austin FC media game. We we're supposed to play on Monday, and it got moved to the following Monday. Uh, for weather reasons. But, yeah, we're going to get to play on, on Weston's pitch there at Q2, and I'm very excited about that it. That is That's awesome. incredible. I'm devastated we're out of town because Swoon Tower wants to cover the fits on that so bad. So <laughs> Yeah, uh, make sure you post pictures. Yeah, y'all are going to have to do, like, the walkout pictures and everything, like, from the parking lot. Uh, <laughs> make sure that you get photos of everyone on your team so that we can rank y'all uh, as well. We'll have I like to talk that. to uh, talk to Emily Alvarado and see if we can get those like photos walking through the tunnel into the <laughs> into the stadium. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think a highlight. Uh, I was gonna say a highlight on that will be since the game's on the twenty eighth and not the twenty first. I feel like if it was on Monday, it would be like a bunch of people in beanie hats and like black tights, like bundled up as tightly as possible. So maybe you get a little <laughs> bit of a uh, of actual fashion there. And they also put us on separate teams. So we will be, I don't remember what the team names are, but I'm on the green team. I'm on the Verde team and Landon's on the black team. So there's going to be some kind of sibling rivalry going on here. Well, yeah, they couldn't have your chemistry together on the same side. Are you kidding me? Unfair advantage. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. I think this is one you want to talk about, Landon. Austin FC head coach Josh Wolf ranked first in response to the question, which MLS coach would you most like to play for? Yeah, this one was surprising to me. Did did y'all think the same thing? No, why would we think that? Uh, it, completely <laughs> unsurprising. Josh Wolf is the greatest coach to have ever existed, clearly. Um, I'm just glad the rest of the league is catching on. I just know, like, with the the way last season ended and kind of general fan sentiment around <laughs> Josh Wolf, and the fact that he's second-year head coach, still still learning on the job, like, I was, I was a little bit surprised that this was the case, but... If you look at it from an outside point of view, the team seems to have really good vibes around it. The players all seem to really enjoy playing for this coaching staff. Um, he plays fun soccer, so these guys are not being asked to to sit and do bunker defense and and have to chase 80-yard long balls down the field every time. And so I think it makes more sense than I gave it credit for at first glance, but I thought that one was really interesting. I was a little bit surprised it wasn't Jim Curtin. Honestly, and more. I think more he th- finished second, right? Okay, I was gonna say more than it being Josh Wolf, like it being not Jim Curtin was the most more surprising thing. Yeah, yeah, because didn't Jim Curtin like run away with the player vote for Coach of the Year? And yes, so I'm yeah, nodding I think he my did. Head. Yeah. Um, All right, what else one. we got, Jeremiah? Austin FC goalkeeper Brad Stuver ranked first in response to the question: Which MLS player is the most impactful in supporting the community for the second consecutive year? So again, he was robbed for humanitarian of the year. That is my commentary on that particular vote yep and what were the other ones uh austin second austin fc second response to if you could play for any mls club which club would it be so apparently people love josh wolf more than the rest of us i don't know i'm not sure exactly (laughs) what the qualifications are there uh diego fagundes voted as the league's second most underrated player yeah after darlington nagby which i thought was interesting um but yeah 
I think well deserved from Diego. I'm glad his peers recognize his his ability. Steph had a really good take on this during uh, the Spoon Tower recording. Yeah, I just said I think it makes him de facto most underrated by being voted second most underrated. <laughs> Even like he's underrated for being underrated. Yeah, keep doubting him. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, somebody's got to pick up that mantle and laminate things next year. So maybe it's Diego. <laughs> Uh, and the last one is Sebastian Druzzi receiving the second most votes in response to the question who we give the league MVP to, which makes sense because I believe he also finished second in the player vote for MVP. Yeah. So I think I think the other one that I wanted to spend a little time on is if you could play for any MLS club, which club would it be? And Austin FC winning that one. Like, I think that's cool. And we're talking about free agency coming up and like being open now. That means a lot of these guys might be calling Claudio or like having their agents re- reach out instead of him having to contact them. Like yeah. these guys are, are willing and like eager to pick up that phone call whenever it comes, which I think is a great sign for Austin. And and you look at uh, the, like the, the sweetheart deals that Miami and LA are able to get just because of location and kind of the, the desirability to European players to come and just live in those places. I think once they get here and see this stadium, see the way Wolf likes to play, uh, see the vibes in the locker room, seeing all that, like it's it's spreading through the league that like guys want to come play for this team. And I think that it matters whenever uh, you're calling Alexander Collins, you're calling whoever, like these top free agents in the league and saying like, we can give you the exact same amount of money as the other people. Like we're under the same restrictions as them. So you can make this much money here or you can make this much money there. Which are you going to pick? The fact that Austin is ranking this high in this poll, like we, we're going to win some of those battles, which is very encouraging. Yeah. I just want to know the full results to each of these questions. <laughs> Do you want to see the bottom ones? I didn't say that, Landon. I just want to be able to look <laughs> at all of the results and sort them however I want to privately, you know? <laughs> I want to know who they think has the lowest, higher so- highest soccer IQ. You know what I mean? The least fit player. <laughs> put it- like- <laughs> <laughs> Just want to make a table in Microsoft Excel. That's and right. And sort, sort from lowest to highest. That's right. That's all I want, you know? And you also get the guys who voted for themselves if you do that too, which I think would Ooh. be awesome. Yeah, one vote. Like we know, we oh, know no. who who picked you. Like, so Johan Romagna, fittest player in the league. I mean, depends on the type of fit we're talking about. Landon got one, <laughs> got one vote. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, what else do we have here, Jeremiah? We're gonna let's do a little Thanksgiving. I mean, this is yes. the, the week of Thanksgiving. We're gonna be there. Uh, I guess first of all, I heard this from you from y'all. Uh, on Friday, but like talk about talk about your Thanksgiving plans and how much they involve alcohol. How much how much more boozy <laughs> is your Thanksgiving plan than the World Cup in Qatar? Maybe let's start there. One hundred percent, because we will feature booze at the Thanksgiving. Mike's Thanksgiving will be exactly the same amount of. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, my personal Thanksgiving will be like the inside of the stadiums at Qatar. Uh, the Thanksgiving around me. Yeah. Will be like all of those little shanty towns that they built uh, with secret booze and uh, regular booze also. 
<laughs> There's no such thing as secret booze at uh, Casa Crinola. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a party. How about you, Landon? Are y'all traveling? Are you doing anything? We're going to Ashley's parents, which is going to be very Qatari in, in that sense, which will mean <laughs> zero booze the whole week. The whole week. Wow. So we, I have, I have secret booze in my wife's uh, house. And then, yeah, and then my dad and I, this is a family tradition for a long time. This also involves the Cowboys, like just drink beer all afternoon until nobody can understand what we're saying. So that'll be my, my Thanksgiving <laughs> night. <laughs> and then Brady will drive me home and put me to bed. Um, but it's, and do y'all eat like traditional Thanksgiving, like food stuff, or do you have any special menus or anything like that going on? We usually do pretty, I mean, it's pretty traditional. Uh, the thing that we do that apparently people, when I talk about it, is usually the first time that they hear about it. For Thanksgiving breakfast, we make something called disappearing muffins, which is crescent rolls. And then you uh, take a marshmallow and you dip it in butter and then brown sugar, cinnamon. And then you put it inside the crescent roll like a little present. And then you bake them. And so the marshmallow like disappears and melts and... It's like a little breakfast snack. It's really good. This is another time when I that really wish. Wow. Yeah, I really <laughs> wish this were a video podcast so everyone could have seen <laughs> how enraptured Landon and Jeremiah were during that description. <laughs> like you could see them both like watching. It's like watching a, like a, a child getting getting ready to open a present, you know? <laughs> My smile got wider the whole time. Just as a description. <laughs> of like, That's amazing. That's more amazing. That's even more amazing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Ash- really so we'll do. Ashley's family does kind of the um, uh, like typical Thanksgiving stuff. There's like some tr- uh, like traditional in the sense that like they do these desserts every year, like a few different things that'll happen, which I'm excited about. And then her brother is really into smoking meats and stuff like that. And so we'll get some smoked turkey, and then maybe later, in, like earlier or later in the week, maybe some some brisket or like a smoked nice. tri-tip or something like that. So that'll be good. Nice. Well, let's go. Let's stick, keep on the food theme here and say which players would you trust or not trust to bring food to your potluck? And we'll start with Landon. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm afraid I'm going to steal options, but I think any of like the young guys, right? Like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not letting Danny Pereira cook anything. I'm not letting. I'm, maybe, maybe, maybe Johan Romagna could cook a little bit, uh, but like anybody under the age of 25, I'm probably not letting cook for me (laughs) yeah that's fair but the ones who can bring something i mean like i'm gonna pick maxi if i'm going first wow and like we're not going any like traditional thanksgiving like american thanksgiving stuff but if maxi can can bring some meats to cook let's do it sure yeah steph i I would i would yeah steph what do you you got uh i would not trust ethan finley to bring food to a thanksgiving potluck Because I lived in Minnesota for a long time, and I will end my answer there. <laughs> it's going to be like a boiled turkey. Hot dish. Get some, yeah. Put, it's just butter. It's just butter on a mayonnaise po- potatoes. in a jar. It's potatoes, canned chicken, cream of mushroom soup, butter, and then covered in cheese. Yeah, with some like like weird, melting, soggy potato chips on the top for crunch. <laughs> Hard pass. No, thank you. Well, I'll go with a I would trust. I feel like this Brad and Ashley Stuver, just because they are amazing mm-hmm. at everything they do. Mm-hmm. Like if you invite them over for the meal, they would they would figure out like what your traditions are. 
like you know what the style is, like what everybody likes, and they would do the best possible version somehow that even if they'd never done it before, like they would yep. find a way to find like that perfect recipe online and and make the best Thanksgiving dish that anybody had ever brought to you. So I'm, that's Brad as a, as a part of a package, I think, on the ones I would trust. And I think, yeah, not it has to be Danny all the way. Around. <laughs> <laughs> anybody that's ever looked at his TikToks, like how can you? <laughs> I feel like Danny never would just cooked. bring Chipotle. Yeah. He would just go get like a to-go buffet from Chipotle and bring that. I would trust that. Or the rolls. Yeah, I, I've, got, yeah. I've got a friend who never cooks, and she's always gets asked to bring the rolls to her she family. She does the rolls, yeah, yeah. Danny's yeah. in charge of cups and plates. Yep. <laughs> Danny, you just bring the napkins and ice, okay, buddy? <laughs> no, I... So for me, the I've got a dark horse, I think, in this selection because the thing that I enjoy the most, but like doing the least is desserts. And so I'm trusting Owen Wolf to bring the desserts. Now I know, uh, but the reason behind this is he's young enough to still ask his mom to make it for him. (laughs) And they seem like they have a close enough family that she'll say yes. (laughs) <laughs> and so I'm saying Owen Wolf can bring the desserts. Uh, I will focus on like the real food. Uh, worst case scenario, he will swing by H-E-B and grab a pie on the way by, right? That I'm totally comfortable Nothing with. Nothing wrong with an H-E-B pie. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that hits a little bit on my second answer for the most, for the best was going to be Kip Keller's because his whole family would cater the whole thing. Ooh, and nobody, nobody sure. have to cook anything. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a good call. Like, you know what, that's guys? We're, we're all go, we're all going to the steakhouse, and I'm and mom and dad have you know all the wine you want and whatever, and it's all on us. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good call. That's a good call. I think the person I would trust least. Sorry, Steph. It's Rodney Redis. Wow. He just he doesn't have. What if he asked his mom to cook? <laughs> he, he doesn't have that support system here in town. You I'm know? a great baker. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> His mom, Stephanie Crignola. Yeah. <laughs> my son, I leave my son alone. <laughs> Thank you so much for playing that game. Uh, it was something that I really wanted to know y'all's answers to, so I really appreciate that. Do y'all want to go around the horn and, and just say something we're thankful for? Of course. Before we before we dip into our Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Like just in general or specifically about Austin FC this year? No, about Austin FC. Oh, okay. We're well, a hyper-focused show here, Mike. Yeah, I don't want to go first then because <laughs> I'm not sure what my answer will be. I'll go. Well, That's fine. Go, oh. go for it, Steph. Yeah, no, okay. I feel like you're going to have a better answer than me, and I'm going to think while you answer. <laughs> I don't. Um, I am thankful for how much of a connection our players had with each other and how well that translated off the pitch because so many of those little groups that were getting together, um, Instagram stories even of like Ethan Finley and, and Hector Jimenez's kids playing together, you can see the friendships on the team and you can see that they genuinely like and respect and will fight for each other uh, on and off the pitch. And I think that that kind of team connection really made watching them something special and the fan connection outside of that was also so wholesome and so supportive and it just made for a really a really celebratory season start to finish 
I was gonna I'll add on that one because my thing was just gonna be like this it's just a bunch of a bunch of good dudes. Like in yeah. addition to being yeah. a successful team, it's just everybody that I talk to has a story about meeting a player somewhere, like running to him at H E B or in the neighborhood or their kids go to school like and they're always good. They're always positive at interactions. Nobody's like, Oh, I saw so and so at dinner and they were such a jerk. Like they seem genuine and sort of appreciative of the environment they're in and appreciative of like the support they get from the city and then also like giving love back to the city and community um all the time too just in person and on social media and everywhere else so i think that that real authentic connection between the players um and the fans in austin is the thing that i most am most thankful for i this year am most thankful for the media team that the club has put together that gave us so many incredible videos all year like all year long even if they're you know these 35 second clips to get us hyped for game day or it's like a five and a half minute long video after a tough loss and they're like i don't know it just it felt like we were getting our own like all or nothing through Mm -hmm. socials all year long and like you could package that up put it on a dvd and i would pay way too much money for it uh just to have it in the like in the house to be able to watch and get hyped for every year um they were amazing they do such incredible work and they made me feel really close to the team all year all year long so that's mine uh i think my my pick is not going to come as a surprise to anybody who's listening to this show ever uh i'm gonna just say i'm most thankful for the community that's that's popped up around this team i went to a wedding earlier today uh with folks who i consider very close friends of mine that i've met through austin fc um went to the that panel for phil's birthday the other day with folks got to talk to people and be on this panel of people that i met through austin fc all of my closest friends in this in this city including you fine people I know because of this team, and I'm extremely thankful for that. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what I would be doing in this town without it. Landon is crying, just so everyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> and so is Steph. It's so beautiful. Children are our future. That's what I know. <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> yeah, hablamos en idiomas diferentes, and she's over. Like, that's it. And she's done. <laughs> All right, I think that's it. For I'm also thankful this for week. Ruben Gabrielson. <laughs> that goes without saying. Bonus answer, of course. We all. <laughs> she said it at the start of the year. She has to say it at the end of the year. That's just how we work. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening to this week's uh, combo Moon Tower Swoon Tower episode. We will be back next week with a new episode. I don't really know what we're going to be doing on it, but we would like to encourage you to. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Come find us on uh, on Twitter. I'm at LVHero87. Jeremiah is at jbentley underscore ATX. Stephanie is at... Kruggles. Kruggles with a Z. Yeah. And Mike is at future underscore X underscore skeleton. <laughs> no, right? underscores. no underscores. No underscores. Just, just future, future X skeleton. skeleton. Uh, as long as Twitter's alive, that's where you'll find me. <laughs> um, we would... Be honored if you would sign up for the Patreon and uh, get in on helping us plan for the show, give input on the show, get some cool merch in the meantime, and then go to the Striker website where you can get a 30% discount with the code MOONTOWER22 with a capital M. Jeremiah, what can folks look out for there this week? I would say check out the World Cup coverage this week. So there's a preview article from Phil West. Uh, I imagine there'll be a ton of coverage all throughout. It's the best source for soccer news. And you can, add, I think, on the social media ch- uh, parts of the striker, if you didn't see the panel from 
Pop Squad. I believe I have seen that posted online. So check that video out too. Yeah. So, okay. We will, like I said before, we'll be back next week with another episode. Uh, I would not be surprised if we saw some more player movement. We'll probably talk about that. Uh, we are also recording this on a Sunday afternoon. And so if anything happens on Monday, uh, maybe I'll jump on tomorrow and maybe Jeremiah can join me and we can talk a little bit about that and tag it on to the beginning of the show. Um, but if nothing else, we'll talk to you next week. Until then, I'm Landon Cottom. I'm Jeremiah Bentley. I'm Mike Craniola. I'm Steph Craniola. We'll catch you next time. When no one is around. Think for nothing, you never. La gente. Oh my god.